Welcome to the You on the Camino de Santiago podcast, Season 3. This podcast is for and about people getting ready for their first ever pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago in Spain, France, and Portugal. With your host, Camino guide and longtime pilgrim, Nancy Reynolds of the Camino Experience. Winding down my fall 2023 trip to Spain. This episode is releasing as I am enjoying some final hours in Madrid before the long journey home to California. Hi, this is Nancy. And in case we are just meeting for the first time, in case you are new to this podcast, I am a longtime pilgrim on the Camino Frances route of the Camino de Santiago. I'm a guide who leads groups from Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port and helps first-time pilgrims get started. And I am your host for this podcast journey from idea to first steps on your chosen route of the Camino de Santiago. I am just wrapping up a five-week visit to the Camino, which started with a week in Pamplona and a couple days in Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port at the start of the Frances route. Then I spent three weeks guest house sitting at the stone boat in Robinal del Camino, right on the Camino Trail, about eight kilometers before the Cross of Iron, or the Cruz de Ferro. In case you missed it, while I was in Robinal, I had the pleasure of interviewing author Bibi Barami, who was at the stone boat also, for a writer's retreat. That was episode 15. Then, in the last episode, number 16, we met Nidia and started a conversation about religion, faith, and spirituality on the Camino. I love being in Spain and being on the Camino, and I love sharing pilgrim stories, particularly from the perspective of those who have not yet walked, who don't yet know what they are really signing up for when they say yes to the call to walk the Camino. If you are new to this podcast, I would like to invite you to head back to Season 1, Episode 1, to find out what this is all about, where I'm coming from, and how I can help you get started on your pilgrimage. You will quickly discover that I am prone to give the long answer to all your Camino questions, and I take you step by step through those first, second, and third rounds of questions. In season one, we covered round one. When is the best time to walk the Camino? How long does it take? Who do you go with? How much will it cost? Where do you sleep and where do you find food? How do you select your Camino boots or shoes? And other getting started questions. In season two, we moved on to topics such as the luggage transport services, how to select your rain gear and backpack, and how to train for the Camino. Plus, we met a bunch more first-time pilgrims. We are now in Season 3 of the podcast, which has been mostly conversations with people who are getting ready for their first-ever walks on the Camino, plus a couple episodes where we heard back from Season 2 pilgrims after they had completed their walks. I love those episodes. And in this episode, you are going to meet Kay from Australia, who will be walking the Camino Frances in 2024. 
Kay and I had a fun conversation about spirituality, and we discovered we share a love for asking some of the deeper questions. In our conversation, we explore questions like, who are you walking the Camino for? Why are you walking now? And who is doing the walking? When is the best time for you to walk the Camino? What is success and what is failure when it comes to walking the Camino? And is either success or failure really even possible? Toward the end of our conversation, Kay asked me for my best piece of Camino advice, so you will get to hear the answer to that question too. I'm excited to have Kay as a guest now, this week, because there is an interesting tie-in to another project I have the pleasure of participating in. Kay and I are both members of a Facebook group for women over the age of 50, which is called Waaka the Camino. Waaka stands for Women of a Certain Age, and this group is more than 6,000 strong, with women who have already walked the Camino, and women who are getting ready for their first, second, and more pilgrimages. The woman who started the group, Alyssa, is masterful at creating community, and she has several initiatives in play to bring Waaka pilgrims together. One of the projects is to create a book with the stories of more than 50 women over age 50 who have walked or are getting ready to walk the Camino. My guest in this episode, Kay, is one of the women whose story is included in the book. And personally, I was honored beyond measure to have been asked by Alyssa to write the foreword for the book. The book will be coming out soon, and I will keep you posted so you can get your copy. Proceeds from the book sales will go to, get this, a Camino Love Fund, that will provide scholarships to women over age 50 who need financial assistance to walk the Camino. More on this soon. Before we get to Kay, let me mention one more thing for those of you who are just now finding this podcast. I would love to share with you all the many ways I assist first-time pilgrims, so I want to direct you to my website, thecaminoexperience.com. There you will find a bunch of free information about the Camino, plus the paid products and services I offer to first-time pilgrims. This podcast doesn't answer all the questions a first-time pilgrim has, so I've put together these other resources for you. From my website, you can also get on my email list, so you will be the first to know when I put together special offers on my Camino programs, which, by the way, I will be doing in early December. Again, that's thecaminoexperience.com. Okay, shall we go ahead and meet Kay? Hi, Kay. Thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, Nancy, I'm so excited to have this conversation and, and to talk about this topic. Yeah, I know. And we've been looking forward to this for a while. We've been trying to get this scheduled for probably a couple months is when you reached out the first time. Yeah, but everything happens in the right way, in the right time. Always. I'm I'm just glad we've been able to connect. And when you said to me, you know, that you were going to be away and then it's like, well, maybe I can do it from Spain. I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, yeah, if we can make it happen, fantastic. 
Yeah. And it, for me, it's really fun to continue doing this while in Spain. So it's not like my life, my professional or personal life ends. It's just, yeah. I've changed location and that's really fun. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. It's actually part of the design. You know, I realized a number of years back that I just wanted to have the freedom to be in a couple different places throughout the year and be wherever I wanted to be. And chills. I love it. It's part of the design. That's yeah. And it's working. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. So you're someone who, who gets that. And I'm looking forward to that coming out in our conversation. But since we are here to talk about the Camino, how about we start where I always like to start, which is to put the pin in the map. So if you would share with me, and I know my listeners are dying to know as well, when will you be walking the Camino? What route, where will you start and how much time are you going to be out there? Well, this is interesting because it sort of might sound naive and might sound not. I'm walking with my, my dearest soul friend connection, soul sister. She's 10 years younger than me. And we're walking in the peak of the summer in July because she has children that she needs to come back for. Um, for birthdays. And I get that. Not going not gonna to miss the children's birthdays. So July, which I believe is incredibly warm. And I'm, and I'm sort of following the lead of a very dear friend who I caught up with today, who's just walked it for the second time. So we'll be starting in France and walking across the Pyrenees and, and doing that trek. I'm yet to catch up, well, we're yet to catch up with her and really get some detailed specifics. You know, I've bought a book so we can map it out. I think we're mentally and emotionally and physically preparing ourselves and about to do the, the you know, the, the detailed pieces of what's going to happen. Okay. See, and I love that you said that because there definitely are different components to becoming prepared to walk the Camino. So there's when the, when the heart and the soul catch on to the idea, that's a different track of preparing. Then I need to pack. I need a backpack. I need gear. I need to uh, train physically for it. I need to book my flights. I need to figure out how to get to Saint John. Totally different tracks of training. So I'd love to hear more about where you are now and your preparations. What's going on with that? Okay, so uh, both my friend and I are, are, are very deeply spiritual, you know, a real initiate's path. So there's, we feel like when we go for our walks and we're training and we're doing maybe 18 and a half kilometres at the moment and we will then add packs, we will then add, you know, different different courses and we're both fast-paced walkers, okay. which is interesting. So my girlfriend who's just come back from her second time I said, oh, do you want to join us? And she goes, I don't know, you two walk so fast, <laughs> you know. So I realised that the person I'm walking with is 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 a match for pace. Yeah, so we're, we're starting with that, that just getting used to walking, it's about three and a half hours for 18 kilometres at the moment. The weather's just turning really warm. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's normally three three hours, 20 minutes for 18 kilometres. <laughs> Wow, that's quite that's quite a clip, actually. That that's oh, really? booking it. Yeah, that's booking it. I don't know that we'll be doing the Camino at that speed and in, in the heat, but I think it's a great way to start. Go our natural pace, 
then we'll add the backpacks, the, you know, and then different landscapes. But that's just what we feel is a good start because we both live where we cross the road and there's a beautiful lake. So motivated to get out. It will progress from there. But as we walk, we talk and we both feel like we're we're preparing spiritually in the sense of we feel like anything that's there that really is deep that needs to clear, let's clear it now. Before you go. Before we go. We know that it will be a deeply spiritual experience for us both, but we don't want it to be a deep emotional clearing sort of space. Doesn't mean that there won't be stuff there, but it almost feels like that life is bringing us things to go clear that, clear that, clear that, so that we can be more present on the path. Would would you be willing to share a specific, you know, because for some people, this will be sort of a vague conversation. I wonder if you could share with us. So when you talk about clearing something deep, would you, would you translate that into maybe a little bit more simple explanation for us? Yes. So we've both gone through experiences that trigger things for us that we thought were patterns that were done, but it's about feeling responsible for others or carrying a burden for others. And it's like, you know, really releasing the fact that I'm not responsible for everybody else. I don't need to carry the burden for everybody else. And we don't want to carry that on the Camino. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We want to be present within ourselves. Mm. We certainly don't feel like that with each other because we're both, you know, empowered women who respect, oh, you want to be silent. Oh, we don't have to go, oh, is something wrong? Is something wrong? Is something, you know, we're okay with that, but we don't know who we're going to come across. And so it's been playing out in our lives now. Okay. And we're both deep meditators and very reflective and then going, oh my gosh, those behaviors are still that I'm feeling responsible. So we're letting go of that feeling of responsible for others. So we're, you know, lightening the pack, so to speak. I like that. Before you even start packing for the Camino, lighten some of those. I don't want to take any baggage I've got left with me. What's what I'm going to be carrying on my back, considering I've had three big car accidents. You know, I only need what's in there. I don't need the rest. I don't need to carry that and process that along the way, if that makes sense. And it's just fascinating that both of us seem to be coming to the awareness of that same pattern that we have with with others. Mm. Yeah. Well, it seems to me that that's probably something that we inherit from our lifestyle, from our families, from our communities. And there's this fine line between being sensitive to the needs and feelings and thoughts of others and being responsible for what they're thinking, feeling, and doing. Oh, absolutely. I can have a compassion for somebody else, but I also respect that that's their journey. We all have a journey. Interesting, you know, about to take a journey on the Camino, but we all have that emotional journey, that mindset journey, that sort of spiritual journey of patterns and behaviors and responsibilities and beliefs. I call them false stories and beliefs that we take on. And both of us want to, and I can really only speak for myself though, I I need to walk that path just for me. I've raised, you know, three children on my own for a while and then, you know, a stepson 
and now seven grandchildren. Wow. You know, I work with my clients in a healing coaching capacity. You know, I'm there for people. For me, this is a really powerful journey of it's actually about all about me Mm. when I walk. Okay. We got to talk about that because in our cultures, at least I'll speak for the American culture, when someone says it's all about me, that triggers sort of a, seriously, are you kidding me? Could you go over there and do it over there? You know? Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about what it means for the Camino to be all about you. What What are you thinking when you say that? Well, it's my feet that are on the path, Nancy. It's my heart that has called me or my soul that has called me to be there. You know, I've I've been responsible, you know, in, in raising and, and being there. And it doesn't mean that I can't be compassionate or, or show up for other people. But this is about me getting to know myself. I will, when I walk the Camino, I will be six months shy of turning 60. Great thing. Great number. Great number. But also it's like, wow, how did I get here? What does that mean? My girlfriend, um, my friend, my closest dear friend will be returning home and a few months later turning 50, mm-hmm. right? So they're big, significant shifts. So it doesn't mean I'll ha- I won't have love or compassion or understanding for somebody else, but this is like, who am I walking this path, something that was ignited in me in my 20s, reignited in my 30s, then went to sleep and then reignited a year or so ago or, you know, the spark was there again. So I'm walking for me. I'm not walking for anybody else. I'm not not walking to impress anybody. I'm walking to get past my own comfort zone and I'm walking to face myself in a way that I've never been able to... I'm constantly facing myself, but I think when you're walking 800 kilometres in heat in a country that I don't know with carrying bare minimum of what I need and I also have sleep apnea, severe sleep apnea, so I have to carry a machine and all this sort of stuff, but I'm going to have to face myself in a way that I've never been in a position to before. That's what I mean. It's all about me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's sit with that for a minute. That's courageous. Do you get how courageous that is? I do because it's interesting that the women that I work with, it's like it takes courage to do this journey. And I don't mean just the Camino, but get out of our comfort zone to turn our vision inwards. You know, when this when this was reignited, And my friend said to me, I'm walking next year, which was the friend that has just walked. Why don't you come with me? Because I'd said to her, oh, my God, I've just remembered I've always wanted to do this. You know, I read a book in my 20s and I read a book in my 30s and it's like, I need to do this one day. Then life happens, divorces, you know, whatever else happens. And it sort of gets buried a bit and she reignited it. And it was like, oh, my God, I'd love to. And then I went, uh, three major whiplash injuries. I'm getting older. I have major sleep apnea. Um, Hell no went on inside of me. 
oh, I'll get back. Let's see what happens, you know, all the excuses. Mm-hmm. But hell no was going <laughs> every reason why I couldn't do it. So what happened? How did you go from hell no to, well, this is happening? Okay, I'm going to be really honest here, Nancy. Do it. Two moments, maybe more. Sitting there then, few drinks, couple of gin and tonics out in the backyard and it was like to my girlfriend, ah, oh, you know, I'd really love to do it. I've always wanted to do it. Yeah, let's do it. You know? And then it was hell no. We both mm-hmm. went into, you know, the next day, oh, you know, all the excuses came up. So what is it that has us keep going back to, oh, no, oh, no, such a bad idea. We're not doing that. What What's the internal thought process on that? Uh, fear. Let's stay in the comfort zone. What if I don't succeed? You know, any time we're getting ready to get moved beyond our comfort zone, which means it's familiar and the subconscious too wants to hold us. It's like, I'll protect you. Let's just stay right here because we know this. It's familiar. You know how to do it really well. Whether you like it or not, you know how to do it really well. So I'm smart enough because of the work that I do to go, hold on a moment. And, of course, my girlfriend going, I've got three young kids. I've got, you know, my business is growing. Yeah. So then it comes up and then then you don't talk about it because if you don't talk about it, you don't have to address that you're coming up with excuses, you know. And I work with shamanic drums and I love to drum and it was a full moon and I was sitting out in my back courtyard once that's actually full of plants and trees. It's amazing what you can grow in pots, Nancy. And I'm drumming and I'm looking at the sky and I'm drumming And the drumming really brings you into your body and really earths you and and truth. And then I'm crying and I'm like, why am I crying? And it's like, I have to go. Mm. I have to do this. I have to fulfill this calling that started in my 20s, called me again in my 30s. You know, it's a yes. And that's For me, like my soul saying, get out of your own way, Kay. (laughs) Stop the excuses. There you go. And what a way to turn 60. And I actually rang my friend and said, I'm going to go with my other friend. This, Do you want to come? She rang me back. She said, give me a little, give me a moment. I told her what had happened. And she said, oh, my God, I get that. And she came back and she said, I need to go too. I can't do this year. I've just moved into a premises. I've just, you know, I've got all the, but she said, next year I'm turning 50. (laughs) What do you reckon? Or go with your friend now. I put the phone down and then I just thought, this gives me a chance to prepare mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. I mean, I work out and stuff anyway, but to prepare, I don't, I don't walk 800 kilometers or 20 kilometers a day, you know, it's a different go to the gym. No one does. <laughs> and to mentally and emotionally, even financially prepare, I, I'm, I've still been building my business, etc. So I rang her back and I said, great, I will be turning 60, you'll be turning 50, let's do this. But I said to her, you cannot 
pull out, right? If we're doing this and I'm saying no to this friend, then we're going. And boy, does that spark up a whole lot of stuff. What came next? What what was the follow-up emotion and thoughts and, oh dear goodness, what the heck am I doing? For me, it was sort of the excitement and I'm always about how can I make a commitment, right? So I I went and bought my shoes. You know, I've been talking to my friend about what to get. You know, then it's like, okay, the backpack. It's like, because then I, I, no, first it's telling people. Because when you tell people. That's right. Oh, I put it on Facebook. Yeah. And that's like, oh, that's a lot of people now. Okay. Because I know what to do to go, do not sabotage. Announce it on Facebook. Uh, Tell family members. Then buy the shoes. Then buy the backpack. It's like. Ooh, it's feeling real now. And then my girlfriend who had just taken a major leap of faith financially, emotionally in her business, then it was the panic about, oh, the three kids. Am I, you know, what am I doing to them? What about my business? Can I afford to, you know, I've just taken this big leap, all this sort of stuff. And she rang me a couple of months ago and I felt that it was coming. So I went and got a tattoo, right? Okay. That Camino, and it has a deeper meaning to me than just that. So symbolically it means everything, but it was also like a, I'm not putting the year on it, but I'm going. Okay. So let me just, my listeners can't see that. So so what Kay is showing me is she's got a tattoo on her left uh, forearm that mm. is the scallop shell, which is the symbol of the Camino de Santiago. And it has a... Is it a cross? No, it's the sword. It's got the the Templar sword. And then it's got the way written on it. The word, the way. Okay. Yeah. So I'd say you've committed. You've thrown your hat over the wall. But at a spiritual level, it also means more than that from the beginning of my journey. But it's like, okay, I can't pull out of this, right? (laughs) And I don't do tattoos lightly. It's like a couple of days after the tattoo, my friend rings me and she goes, I was just working on a client because she does body work and stuff. Great person to travel with, isn't it? You know, yeah, body work. Very smart. And she's like, I was just thinking we could put it off a year. Oh my God. And I felt myself, oh. You're going to stab her with that sword. I was going to stab her with that sword. And I just went, because I'd already said to her, don't, you know, if it's, if it puts a drain on you, it's okay. And I'd been preparing to go on my own if I needed to which also scared me, you know, but it's like, oh. And I took a moment, and this is part of that journey of not pleasing other people. I said, let, let, let me let that land. Let me allow that to land and I'll get back to you. I put the phone down and I went, I have to go next year. <laughs> Even if I have to go on my own, I have to go next year. I can't put this off for anybody. And what was interesting about that, Nancy, is, Once upon a time, I would have changed what I needed Mm -hmm. for somebody else. Yeah. So you've ingrained that lesson, that lesson that you, that you described to me just a few minutes ago about being responsible. What that is, is a very loud and clear statement that you are responsible for you and for your experience and for your life and you're doing it. Congratulations. I have to call her back straight away. 
because I know I know how it works. It's like my brain is going to get in the way, right? Yeah. I just rang back and I said, I love you, sweetheart. I get it. It's okay. I'm not putting this off. I've already said no to someone. I'm not going to be 60 and then do it. I'm doing this next year. And it's okay. Like, it's okay, right? And then put the phone down and then my husband's like, I want you to walk with someone because if something happens and I'm like, no, I'll do it on my own. And But you know, his fears came out. Sure. And then I actually went for a massage a couple of days later to my friend. I walked, oh, that's right. Then about two hours later, she goes, no, it's okay, I'm going. (laughs) And I just went back and said, you really don't have to. I don't want you to put your family at risk. And it was the two days later I went for a massage. I walked in and she's just standing there smiling. And she goes, you know, I'm going. And then she explained what happened for her about her past with traveling with others. You know, she'd pulled a card that was all about, she's going, she said, I had a vision of us standing there at the end. She said, I don't know how, but I'm going to make this happen. I'm going. But it was like, it was that test, Mm -hmm. you know, what are you, what are you willing? Why are you going individually? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, so many things happen from the time that you say yes, which it takes a while to get to the yes, because there's all these things of why I can't, what you just described. I can't, this is why this isn't going to work, is going to happen. And then there's this moment where you go, what you just described, but I need to, I have to. And then you say yes. And then that's not the end of this conversation because things are going to just keep coming at you, coming at you. Let me, you know, (laughs) this happens more, more often than not for me is I say yes to something. And then all the reasons why it won't work, just keep coming up, coming up for me to go, go away, go away. No, thank you. Got this. Nope. I'm doing it. Yeah. It happens all the time. And then the back pain plays up again. And it's like, oh, I got, it's like, don't, don't, you'll be fine. You'll be good. You know? Yeah. And then Um, you just have to, you just have to address them because listen, you've done hard things in your life. You've raised children for goodness sake. (laughs) right? How many times did you come up against challenges and things that seemed impossible in your role as a mother? And yet you said, no, you know what? There's something so big on the line here. This is my child. I'm going to make this happen. Yeah, I'm going to work this out. And now you've got you and you're finally saying, I'm that important. I'm going to make this work because my heart and soul needs this. Congratulations on that. Oh my gosh. I've learned over the years. One, my knowing never leads me wrong. Some people call it intuition. For me, it's a knowing, you know, and the more we trust it, it gets louder and louder. My knowing has never left me wrong. Jeez, I've given birth to three babies. I'm sorry, but it wasn't comfortable. (laughs) It was not a comfortable experience, but boy, the end result. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that momentary bliss of the reward. Yeah. And that's just a cycle of life. And then what I tend to do now is I'm constantly giving thanks for my end result. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly seeing me achieving it. I'm not trying to create the narrative of what happens, Mm -hmm. but I'm successful. That's a powerful practice. I'm done. Well, it's. You have to be disciplined in it. Yeah, it doesn't just happen on its own. <laughs> you know, to, to, to not let. I mean, the first time I told my personal trainer I was going, he's like, geez, that's hard. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, 
oh my God, that's so hard. And I'm like, Alex, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. It's not very empowering language, is it? He was shocked, I think. You know, 800 kilometres. Do you know what I mean? And then he's like, and the minute I said to him, stop it, I don't need that, he went, right, let's create a program now. And I went, oh, but it's a year away. He's like, no, we're getting you ready now. That's right. It starts right now, buddy. He trained someone to climb Mount Everest and the training was so adept that he was up there at first, the person he trained. So he said, Kay, if we get you ready, it doesn't mean it won't be tough, but you will be the best prepared you could be. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, that's the better attitude. Thank you. But I had to get him to stop with the, <gasps> yeah, you know. And, you know, when people have those strong reactions, oftentimes they're thinking about themselves. I couldn't do that. That would be hard for me. Yeah, it's hard. It's rigorous. Some days are crazy hard. Yeah. But you prepare for it physically, emotionally, and mentally. And then what do you do? You take one step at a time. Took the words right out of my mouth. That's all we need to focus on, isn't it? The step that's before you. Yeah, exactly. I'm all about energy as well. And I'm very sensitive to energy. And I'm really excited that the Camino, you know, is along ley lines. So I want to draw on the energy and the alignment of the land and um, and the experience and the beauty, not the physicality of it. Well, don't we know that your strength comes from where you focus? If you want to mm. focus on the stuff that lifts you up and improves and makes things more glorious, that's the direction you go. If you focus on the other stuff, that's the way you go. You focus yeah. on how hard it is, how wet you are from the rain, how tired you are. You get more of what you focus on. And so if you're looking at the beauty all around you, if you're looking at the pilgrims who you're meeting from all over the world and those connections and conversations, that's what we take away from the experience then. I think it's also that I need to ignite for me that childlike curiosity of an adventure and I love people and I love conversations but I also love time just to be quiet by myself you know I make jokes with my friend already going because she also is um into you know Pilates instructor and all the rest I said oh my god you'll have a whole group of us out there you know five in the morning stretching and then she's like oh you'll have a whole group at the end doing the meditative energy work you know so just bringing an element of fun into it to override the, oh, God, our legs will hurt. We might have blisters. We might, you know, like you say, choose to focus. And it's like when I used to ride motorbikes, you look to where you're going because if you look down, that's where you're going. So just drawing on all those principles from life and also going, I don't know exactly what the experience will be like, Nancy. I can create a feeling, but I can't predict each moment of each day. So I'm sort of feeling the untethered surrenderness of it, but also, you know, squeezing the juice into it, if that makes sense. I love that. I love that. 
So I'd like to go back to something you said a few minutes ago, and that's the idea of success. And it's an interesting concept when you think about succeeding or failing in walking the Camino. Will you share with me what that, where that word fits in for you when you think about this? Yeah, beautiful question. Powerful question. I think there are a few components for me. First level of success will be showing up, like getting on that plane, getting my little passport thing and, and, and starting. That to me will be my first level of success. Another level of success for me personally will be stopping when I need to stop, stretching when I need to stretch. Like, look, I, I, I used to so push myself and ignore. So another le- level of success for me will be being really kind to myself and my body on the journey so that I can get more out of my body in the journey. And I've learned to celebrate those moments of success along the way, you know, the small moments, you know, and what we appreciate appreciates. Mm-hmm. But for me, the big, you know, the, the crowning moment will be getting to the end point. Mm. If I don't make it to the end point, there'll still be an element of success for me. But I also have already seen myself at the end point with my friend. That will be a crowning moment. And to have done that and to have fulfilled that, I'm now 58, nearly 59 from when I was 25, when it first sparked, will be a a massive achievement. And actually what comes to mind is another, another level of success will be traveling with someone. And my girlfriend's had the same pattern where it's connected, where it's supportive, where there's no nonsense happening at all. Yeah. That will be another level of success. Doing it with someone I feel deeply connected with where there's a level of respect, no games. We're just going individually but collectively and having it with no nonsense. Yeah. Boy, and that is a challenge, is to travel with someone you haven't traveled with before and both of you concurrently stepping out of your comfort zones, coming at it with two different life histories, regardless of how connected you are, you're not the same person. This is not a this is not a twin situation of duplicates. That for anybody who is thinking about traveling with someone else, that's an added level of complexity, I will say. Yeah, I think the thing where we feel confident, Nancy, is we both understand each other very well. We both have similar views you know, spiritually, I suppose, and and in life. We both respect that if one person's quiet, there's nothing wrong. Good. They're just being within themselves. We're both early risers. We both have a similar pace. So I think predominantly we've got the best working for us, but we both also have the background of nasty women in the past. And, and traveling where nastiness starts. Hmm. So we're both very much looking forward to 
this being a new track laid down at these important phases of our life. So you mean you have women, you have experiences in your past where you have been in relationships or friendships or interactions with women who were nasty. Yeah. And not kind, not compassionate. You think are friends Mm. that turn out not to be so friendly (sighs) or jealous or competitive when you put in environments or abandoned. We don't feel like our friendship is that. And we feel like we've got the best foundation. And part of us, part of the intention is to walk with being individual, but collaborative. Yeah. Supportive. I'm here for myself, but I'm here for you if you fall. Here's my hand. There's no competitiveness. You're beautiful, I'm beautiful. You're wise, I'm wise. Do you know what I mean? And carve that in a like we've got that in our lives together now but to carve that through that many days of walking um you know in those circumstances feels like it's creating a groove also for the next generations and for women coming forward that might sound a bit big but it feels like that well yeah because anytime that you intentionally and consciously choose a way of being, act on it, demonstrate it, other people see it and are touched by it. They're influenced by it. So you taking that show on the road and saying, you know, this is who we are and who we are going to be on the Camino. Let's set that example and see who pick, you know, see where it goes. You're, you're adding that into the hundreds of years of energy on the Camino. Yeah. Women supporting, celebrating collaborating with other women mm-hmm. and it feels like it'll heal a history also at it like I feel healed from that but really change that pattern yeah and and for me intention is incredibly powerful like last year I brought an intention into my life which was joy regardless of external circumstances you know so I I, I, I don't know what my deepest intention is to take on the Camino, that to me will reveal itself. It doesn't come from my head. It has to come from my heart and soul. But yeah, I want to, I want to start with some level of intention and to set that intention each day. And I find that that's like a stake in the ground anchoring for me. Mm -hmm. So last year when you know, things would happen or adversity would happen. It would be, okay, what are my practices to bring me into the moment to go joy regardless of, mm. joy regardless of the now That's moment. It's a big one. Yeah. It's a lot to ask. Yeah, But it is achievable with that intention, you know, and the choices we make. The important thing is that it's your ask. You're the one yes. who said that's important to you. And so you're the ones who's going to elevate its practice and its importance throughout your day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it has meaning to me. Yeah. I can't take on someone else's intention and go, oh, that's good. It's like value. It's like values. You can't go value shopping and go, oh, that's good for me. It's like, do I actually have a resonance with that? You know, is that something soulful and heartfelt for me? Or is that just go, oh, it sounds good, you know, looks good? Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It looks good. It'll make me look good if I adapt that. (laughs) That doesn't last very long. So I want to I want to look at the flip side of success, which mm-hmm. is 
easily we could just say this flip side of success is failure. But is there a possibility of failure? What does failure mean when we talk about walking the Camino? Is there a possibility or are we making that up? I I don't have a belief in failure. I think failure is if you get knocked down or, you know, hindered by something and you choose not to make a choice and stay there. That for me is failure. So whatever comes before me, if I make an empowered choice and that choice might be, you know, something, something might happen, an injury might happen and I don't get to go any further, but I still see the success of how far I've traveled. Mm-hmm. That was out of my control. But the failure, your failure for me is going into victimhood. Mm. And victimhood is like putting ourselves in a cage. It's, con- you know, it's like contracting rather than expanding. And for me, everything's about the perspective that we bring to it. You know, I recently went back to Melbourne to see my, my mother, who's now in an aged care facility, hadn't seen her for four years because of COVID. She's about to turn 94. My husband and I have not had COVID yet. We get to the front door. We had to test because someone in there had COVID. Arrogantly, we went, oh, we tested yesterday. We're fine. Have a guess how the story went. We both tested positive, right? Man. That was tough. It's a game changer. Yeah, flowing three and a half hours, spent the money, but it wasn't about the money or any of the, it was the domino effect of all my family that live over there. It's like not seeing them, not seeing them. My mother was distressed, you know, and that adversity happens and it's like, okay, so I went back to the motel, I cried, then I got angry. Like, it's not about COVID. It's about why now? Why this moment? And then it was the fear, which is maybe this is the last time I see my mother and this is how it is. And then it was the choice. Okay, what's the insight? Because only goodness comes from the experience. What's the gift in this? Why is it happening like this? Right. So that to me is the success. If I'd stayed in the, oh, my God, I'm angry, I'm in fear, this is a terrible thing, spiralling down, that to me would be failure. The success is I went through the process and then went, come on, you know, the way, show me the way. Yeah. What is the gift in this? What is the insight? What is the lesson? What is the learning? And that's forward movement, regardless of what happens, that moment, that choice, that questioning is forward movement for me, which is success. Yeah. Because we don't know how anything is going to go. The moment we wake up in the morning, yeah, you get on a plane to go to Europe. We don't know how that's going to go. We don't know how the first day, the second day, we don't know who you're going to meet and what they will say to you and how you'll respond. We don't know if the food's going to be good or if the bar is going to be open or if your boots are going to work out or a comfortable bed or, a you know, no, we do. We do know on that one. They're not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we can prepare the best, can't we? So like exactly. my next issue, I've bought a blow up you know, support pillow, which I'll try out. And, but again, you can't control it. I think that's the thing. That's right. You can prepare the best you feel that you can prepare. Yeah. But you can't control it. And it is that letting go. And I always say it's like flow over and around like a river, you know, flow over and around the obstacles. And, 
you know, that's what I feel like I did in Melbourne. I flowed. So I was true to how I felt. Yeah. I expressed my anger in a way that was private in the motel room. I came to what the fear was and it only took me 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah you've been practicing that. Yeah. And then it was like, show me the gift. And then all these, you know, show me the, so, you know, those things are in our control, not what's going to happen on the Camino, as you say, you know, or the people that you meet or the experiences that you have, or, you know, the flight or, you know, connecting things, you know, trains and whatever else. I don't know. A lot to connect. Well, and the other thing too, that I do want to say is, you know, when you take on walking the Camino, you can expect to experience the range of emotions, the yeah. whole ra- the whole rainbow. You can you're going to get it all, and I think that it's okay to express and acknowledge those emotions, whether it's joy, whether it's anger, mm-hmm. whether it's frustration, whether it's elation, whether it's contentment, whether it's annoyance. It's all going to come up. But as we've been talking, it really reminds me that it's about what we do with them when they yeah. come up. But I'll tell you, I've spent, I spent, you know, decades practicing squashing my emotions. Uh-huh. I don't do that anymore. I'm still very careful about who gets emoted upon, you know. If, yeah. if, if it's a strong emotion, I'll take myself away so no one gets gets any of it on them. But I think we need to acknowledge that. Strong emotions do come up and it gives us another chance to practice how to be with them and how to channel them or use them for our own good so that we do walk away with what years later we'll describe as a success. I think it's relationship, forming a decent, healthy relationship with the emotions and being vulnerable, I've learned over the years, is is a superpower. It's a strength. But you know, talking to my girlfriend who's done it for the second time, the first time it was her and her husband eight years ago, and then this time it was with a, a lot of family members and she was telling me how different it was, you know, the experience. So I just wonder, because you've clearly done the Camino so many times, is it different every single time but you still have the emotions, you still have the growth, you still... I don't know because I don't. I haven't walked it yet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard question to answer because I'm different every time I go, yeah. and so for that reason, it's a different experience. But for me, having been coming for so long, I think of the Camino Frances as my hometown. The whole thing, the 800 kilometers, and so for me, it's a homecoming every single time. It's going wow. back to someplace familiar that I love, and it's yeah. fresh and new. And then I get to see how I show up every single time. And I'm happy to say that I, I show up better and better each time. You know, I oh, mean, I when, I, when I first started walking the Camino, I was not particularly open or tolerant at all. And who suffered from that? I did. Yeah. You know, for the most part, people, it didn't make any difference to anyone else that I was annoyed easily, you know, <laughs> but- I suffered from that. And so to come back to what feels like a hometown, a very safe and comfortable, familiar place, different every time, but becoming less uptight, more relaxed, more tolerant, more open, more compassionate, more forgiving, 
you know, I didn't, I didn't get here 18 years ago with all that. That has worked itself out over the years. I've had an aha moment. Mm. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Because I look at the fact that, you know, in my 20s, read a book and it's like, oh, I want to do that. I'm going to do that. Then in my 30s, another book, oh, I'm going to do. And then the forgetfulness. Yeah. I feel like it's because when I was really invoking that, and for me, invoking is inviting something uh, something in because you do it with power and passion and feeling. And, you know, I didn't have all these children. And, you know, I feel like I needed to grow into the energy for me to do the Camino, which is now at my age where I'll be nearly 60, 59, nearly 60, unencumbered by the responsibilities of the children. And, ah, yeah, so I feel like... It's still sort of formulating, but I invoked that because I wanted to do it for me. And if I'd walked any earlier, and that's why I became forgetful about it, but I've been, I would have walked it for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm ready now Mm. from what I invoked back at 25, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, because if you and I could jump back to when you were 25, I'd be the same age, by the way, I would ask you, well, my 25-year-old self wouldn't know to ask this question, but I would ask you, this person, this version of me would ask you, what is it at age 25 caught your attention? What had you go, that's what I want to do? The answer is not going to be the same as what it is now. Yeah, doesn't mean that it wouldn't have been the experience it was back then, but it calls us when it calls us mm. and we go when we go. No way around that. Yeah. And it's you, you right now at this age, this stage in your life with all the experiences you have, with the perspective that you have, that's who's going to go walk the Camino. Yeah, that's powerful. That's beautiful. Yeah. I uh, recently spent some time with someone who is 40, who walked the Camino a year ago, and I I met her right at the end of her Camino. And I w- it was like... St- looking myself in the eye because my first Camino walk was at the age of 40. And I remember being exactly where she was going, where are my answers? Where's my direction? Where's my clarity? (laughs) Not here. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, and now 18 years later, I'm feeling like I earned it. And I feel like I walked into it. I walked into who I am now and it's mine. It's all mine. Yeah. I can't possibly lose it because I work so hard and so not hard, but I put so much effort and time into becoming who I am now that it's mine, all mine. Well, it's the constant courage. You know, you mentioned the word courage before that, that self-reflective, you know, turn your vision inwards, change, transformation, all those sort of, you know, words related to growth. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, growth is not necessary you know there's a pressure before that alchemical moment of of change happens so you know all the courage that you've gone through and faced to be who you are today yeah yeah we deal with it we do it we move we keep moving yeah and we can either go forward sideways or backwards yeah and what I'm loving is my husband's so excited for me you know, and people go, oh, are you going? And he's like, God, no, you know, hip replacement <laughs> and all the rest. And he's going, no, but I'm. <laughs> and to have someone that's so excited for me 
to go, knowing the power and the importance and the significance of it for me is like he's living it vicariously through me. Sounds like a good one. He was trained in the army way back, so he's full of advice. You know, oh, the packs that I used to carry and this is what (laughs) you need to do. But I recognise that as his participation in his joy for me and what I'm going to do, which I think is, you know, a true blessing for me to have that kind of relationship. And just the same as for my girlfriend, where dad's staying home for, got six weeks or whatever it is, you know, with a 13-year-old 11-year-old, well, they'll be a year older next year, you know, and an eight-year-old. Do you know what I mean? It's like... That's love right there. True love. Yeah. Uh, It's great. We harness that when we're annoyed with them. (laughs) (laughs) Let me remind myself, please hold. Uh, Yeah. So I want to take what you said about success and your end vision and your end idea of this, this is, I'm seeing myself finishing this and being at the end point. I want you to imagine that you are in Santiago de Compostela. You have walked Mm. from Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port with your friends. Yeah. What are you thinking and feeling? Let's, let's make this end vision real. I've got chills as you, as you say it. And my girlfriend and I have had the same vision, you know, hands linked and just like, Wow. And do you know what I feel? I feel a sense of freedom. Like I've freed myself from how do I word this? The illusionary things that we think matter. Mm. You know, the comfy bed, the nice home, the like, but don't truly matter. And I feel a sense of sort of freedom from that now, but you can't really know it while I'm living in my beautiful house in my comfortable bed with my great pillow. Do you know what I mean? That going raw and real and feeling like that regardless of excuses and accidents and I feel a bit emotional actually talking about it. When I was younger, I used to have visions of travelling on my own and all these adventures and then I got married young And I even tell my eldest daughter this because my eldest daughter, you know, suffered depression for a while and still suffers anxiety. And oh my God, so courageous. You know, she went to Canada for six weeks on her own. She went storm chasing in America with all of that. And yet I also felt a fear with that, you know, like I sort of go, you're so much more empowered. I was in that way at that age. I feel like I would have honoured that younger version of me and gone, we did it. We had the adventure. We took the risk. Even though I'm walking with someone else, it still feels like I've collected her up from way back when and all those parts and like that doll, you know, in the doll inside the doll, the doll inside of the doll, the doll inside of the doll, going, we did it. Layer by layer. You'll be pulling back the layers of who you are and who you've known yourself to be to get to that very core. And it's that core that will be standing in front of the cathedral in Santiago, arms raised in the air, barely able to contain yourself through the sense of freedom you feel. 
And I feel like that's why I had to have the test of my friend potentially not going with me. And I felt the fear and the exhilaration, like the commitment, like I was committing to all those years prior, going, we're doing this, I'm doing this regardless. I, I am committed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, this is just a realisation from you asking that question. I've taken the risk. I've had the adventure and I damn well did it turning 60. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, 60 is a milestone. It, it's a, it's a big birthday. There's a point at which we go, oh, wait a minute. All those decades before when I was invincible and immortal and I could do whatever I wanted. Look at that road behind me, but there's still a long road ahead. And 60 just feels really important in terms of how we set the stage for the rest of our lives. That's that's how I see it anyway. That's a powerful way to put it. Cause yeah, how I'm setting the stage for the rest of my life. I'm not an old lady. I'm not a not that I feel like one now. But you know, jumping out of an aeroplane, hey, everyone does it. You know, that's not an adventure. I've ridden motorbikes and I've come close to death so many times with, you know, I've dived and, you know, master's dive license, all that sort of stuff. There's a thrill with this. There's a risk with this. There's a major challenge with this. I want to see what I'm damn well made of. There you go. Mm. Because let's make no mistake, walking the Camino is rigorous. Mm. It takes something. Listen, the pilgrims who are on the trail right now, this is November. We're recording this on November 2nd, 2023. They've been walking in three weeks of nonstop rain. Wow. And I'm in the mountains right now. So I'm in the second to last mountain pass heading towards Santiago. It's cold. And people are walking in the rain. They, They walk by my window, head down, hat or poncho pulled over their heads. They're not having the pleasure cruise. They're not getting all these beautiful photos with the blue sky and the puffy white clouds and, ooh, look at the horizon. You can barely take your phone or your camera out because it will get wet. Yeah, This is rigorous. This is a pilgrimage with hours and hours of walking every day for four to six weeks. That's what I'm very aware of, the history of it. It's a, you said it, it's a pilgrimage. Yeah. It's not a walking holiday. Now, for some people, it is a walking holiday, but it's, it's not meant to be a pleasure cruise. I guess that's the only way I can really say it. It is rigorous. It is, listen, your feet will hurt and you won't even know, you, you won't even know that that was possible the way that they hurt. And you'll lay on your bed or your bunk with your feet up on the wall, trying to get the blood to come back down into the rest of your body because your feet ache so badly. And that's without blisters. You know, if you get blisters, okay. not, ev- not everyone does, but if you do, that's another level of discomfort. Ed bugs, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. That's the beauty of... You talking about it honestly, my girlfriend talking and her husband talking about it honestly. Yeah. Because it's a bit like, you know, the first time I was pregnant, my mother talking to me about it honestly. Yeah, it's going to hurt, sweetheart. Yeah. But at the end of it, but you can do this and this and this to minimize. However, once you get that end result, you will just feel bliss. 
but don't you know don't let's not feed each other that um uh this is a joy 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 process i think it would be naive of me you know oh i've got this and i won't get blisters and i won't i'm i'm looking at that i'm just choosing not that to be my primary focus but it's like you know like my primary focus going into labor was okay i can get through this because of the end result yeah well and with great great respect for anyone who has ever been pregnant and ever delivered a child not all pregnancies end well mm. and that feels like a disaster that feels like your life is over you know so this is not that grand of a scale of bad outcome yeah absolutely but i think we can say you know we we do hear stories from time to time where the camino doesn't go well for people i recently yeah. just this season heard of a woman who on the camino was diagnosed with congestive heart failure and had to end her walk and go home and get medical care and reading how she related to that, she didn't see it as a failure. But I think the truth is we don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. And so maybe we can just keep an eye on our expectations mm -hmm. and get to know them a little bit and see if they're real, if they're ours, or if they're somebody else's, or if they're YouTube expectations. I haven't seen the YouTube video of three weeks of walking in the rain yet. And I don't know if I ever will, you know? Yeah. I think it's walking, it's walking the unknown for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really powerful what you just shared, you know, because we don't know what's going to happen. You can sort of prepare as much as you can prepare. It'll be a different story. I'll come back to you when I've done it and let's see what it sounds like. I want to hear. Yeah. And I and I know from talking to my friend who would love to talk to you at some stage how different this second time round was from the first time, you know, and doing it with her and her husband and then, you know, a whole family gathering and the whole learning curve was completely different. And, you know, the first time she said she, she had this audacious intention. And then, you know, looking back, she was like laughing at herself going, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure that there's anything anyone can say or do to prepare you for walking the Camino. I think we we get ready. That's my current theory. We get ready, but we are still going on the mystery tour, no matter how much planning and preparation you do. Yeah. I know that I feel, and this is always at that precipice of the change when you're leaving one state of being into another, you know, that comfort zone and I don't know who I am on the Camino. That's yet, right. But I feel excited. But there's also a, oh, oh, you know, not a fear for me, but a, oh, I just, it, oh, I don't know. I don't know. There ought to be some trepidation minimally because mm. this is big. This is so big compared to other things that you've been doing in your daily life. And I think. Once you get to the Camino and you start walking and you start kind of sorting it out and figuring it out, you fall into the identity of being a pilgrim. And I would assert that until you get to the Camino and start walking, you don't, not you, but people yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. have no idea what it means to be a pilgrim until you become a pilgrim. Nice. Did you know what it was to be a mom until the moment you became a mom? Oh God, no. And I had to learn along the way. That's pilgrimage. 
That's it right there. I've done some nannying with other kids and, but that I tell you now, that's a whole different. Totally different. It's not 24 seven. Nope. Until you become a pilgrim, you don't know what it is to be one. I'm still learning along the way as they're all growing up and providing babies. I'm still learning. Well, see, I'm 18 years into this and I'm still learning. I'm still understanding what it is to be a pilgrim on the road to Santiago. So Nancy, what would your advice be for me? I haven't done it. You can tell I'm excited. I've got, you know, I feel like I'm trying to, I, I not trying, but approaching this sort of realistic with a realistic approach, but you, you know, you're the expert. You've done it so many times. What gem can you give me? Mm. Get yourself there mm. and do that with whatever level of planning lights you up. You know, like some people just want to throw some things in a backpack, get on a plane and go. Great. Some people want the planning and preparations to be part of their Camino. And those are the people who tend to, to work with me because I take you step by step by step through a planning and preparation process that gets you immersed in it so that you actually have that as part of your pilgrimage. And then you get to your starting point and you start walking. And so that's really what there is to do is get yourself to your starting point and start walking and get yourself there with the level of engagement and participation and joy that suits you. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Don't listen to what everybody else says about how you, you should do it. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. As an example, you may remember I interviewed Maurice from North Carolina in season two and Maurice and I totally connected, man. He and I love the planning and preparation and he was my greatest supporter and also gave me the best feedback on everything that I was putting out there because he would let me know what was really useful and how it appealed to him, how it appeared and all of that. And he loved the planning and preparations process. He loved it. And then he got to the Camino. I got to meet him in Sadia and we had lunch together a, couple, a week or so ago. And he got to the Camino and he said, you know, by Pamplona, I wasn't even referring to my notes anymore because I was there, but he loved the planning and preparation. And then he got there and he walked the Camino. So there's no right way. There's only your way. Ah, uh, love that. Yeah. That's calming. Yeah. Very good. I also, uh, Don and Fiona, a couple episodes back, they booked everything in advance. They booked luggage transport and all of their accommodations in private rooms. And they did it because... I can't remember which one, it, who had said it. I think it was Fiona had said she knew that if she didn't do it that way, she would make herself crazy trying to make the itinerary perfect. And so she outsourced it. She said, I, I'm not going to do that to myself this time. I'm going to outsource it. Somebody else puts together my itinerary, books all my accommodations. Then wow. I'm not all messing with my own head because I did it right or wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Yeah. That's knowing oneself, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And God bless you if you can know yourself before you get to the Camino. It took me a lot of walking to figure me out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I'm I'm looking forward to, you know, like I've done a lot of work over the years and started in my 20s. And I feel like I really am comfortable in my skin. I know myself, like my shadow, my lap, and every shade in between. Yeah. Do I? 
I was just going to say, Do I? just wait because <laughs> you're not done. You're not done. There's more to you. There's always more to you. Well, I always feel like, you know, I'm different from how I was eight months ago. How about three hours ago? Three. Who will I be? Who will I be on the other side of the Camino? And then knowing because I was doing um, a session with my dear friend who's just come back and it's like you're still processing mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. All right. Well, I so appreciate this conversation. Oh, Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah, it's been a wonderful exchange and you've just continued to light my fire about doing the Camino. Yay! Yeah. That's my goal is to inspire people and to support them in finding the, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can do this. Well, because, you know, just because I tell you, you can, doesn't mean you can, you have to believe it. Mm. And then you have to find your way to do it. I can help. You know, I've been helping pilgrims for over 10 years and I think I've got it dialed in pretty well, you know, from a start here and we'll get you to the trail process, but you got to take those steps. I can't take them for you. So I so appreciate that everyone who's listening in has been following for so long. You know, I've got people who started with me a year ago, August with wow. season one, episode one, and now we're at season three, episode, however many, and yeah, we're building on it. We've got something going here and I'm so grateful that people stuck with it and are still tuning in even after they walk the Camino. Beautiful. Thank you, Nancy, for having me on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks, Kay. Thanks, Kay.